to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. everybody and welcome to our paint rest repeat podcast brand new episode we have misha harrison here today how are you misha hello i'm good how are you we are both well how are you going laura yeah i'm good today i'm so excited to have you here with us misha your work is absolutely gorgeous and if people don't know who you are did you want to i'd like to throw it over to you and maybe you can describe your art style and your work and how you came to create the work that you are creating currently. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honour to be chatting to you, fabulous lady. So for those of your um, listeners that don't know me, my name is Misha Harrison. I am a three-dimensional woodcut artist from Wollongong in New South Wales, Australia. So my work informed by materiality and explore the still life genre. So I, with each of my works, they are intersection of sculpture, painting and textile practices. They each slot together like a big jigsaw puzzle and I kind of, the idea of the puzzle kind of resonates with my process, I guess, like the puzzle fits together as I'm kind of figuring out how to tackle each work. It is a bit of a mystery while I'm doing it, but yeah, that's about me. <laughs> I could go on and on and on about what it's about and everything, but that's it kind of in a little nutshell. Your that's art amazing. is like exceptional. So I saw your work in person for the first time at Sydney Road Gallery. I think it was about a year ago now. And seeing your work in person, just amazing. Like the texture, the vibrancy of the colour, the scale of some of your pieces as well, and the detail as well in there. It's amazing. I don't know how you produce so much work considering the level of detail. Thank you so much. Well, I produce, yeah, a fair bit of work for each show, but it does take a very long time. So I give myself probably like three to four months for each show. And Sydney Road Gallery is on the smaller side of the kind of size of galleries. So I'm yet to hit a bigger space. I'd probably need like a year for a bigger space. It does help that I am now full-time with my art. So I'm working pretty much 8 to 5.30, five days a week doing my art, which is quite labour-intensive. So, yeah, I'm very dedicated to my process and my practice. And, yeah, I absolutely love it. But, um, yeah, thank you for the amazing work. You should be so proud of yourself because when I did meet you just a year ago, maybe it was just a bit more than a year ago. I can't remember. Do you remember? Anyway, my point was going to be that you were still working part-time in your ex-day job. So massive transition for you. What do you think was the thing that sort of shifted you and gave the com- gave you the confidence to shift from your day job fully into your art career? Well, it wasn't really confidence to mix in with. It was more my mental state. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was basically, so I used to be a wharfie on Port Campbell Wharfs, unloading cargo from ships, which is five minutes down the road. I still do the occasional celebrity shift down there for extra money, but yeah, it's just when I go in every so often. But yeah, at the time I was working permanent part-time and 
it was really, really busy on the wharfs and I had my solo show coming up and I was just absolutely at my wits end. I was breaking down all the time. I was constantly crying. I just was not my best self just because I was so tired and I was trying to make my dream work and I was trying to earn money. I was living like a double life and I was just burning the candle at both ends, which I I am very, very hyperactive person. I usually do that, but this was just next level. And I just got to a point where the show ended up coming and it went amazing. And then I just thought to myself, maybe I should just give this a go. Like it, I was on good terms at work. So I kind of had a meeting with the boss and I just said, look, I want to try and do my passion full time. And he kind of said, well, you're welcome back anytime. So it was kind of throwing myself into the unknown, but it was really beneficial. And like, there has been many ups and downs. And I feel like right now I'm only just starting to really relax into it. I'm not stressing out about things anymore. I'm just kind of trusting the universe and trusting the process. So yeah, it's been such a wild ride, but it's been amazing. And I don't know, I think sometimes the signs are just so loud and in your face, just saying, you've got to do this. So that's yeah, I just kind of took it and I ran with it. So yeah. Yeah. That's the artist path, isn't it? It's yeah. all about that trust and just following that that heart calling. Cause that that if you just are led by that and just trust that you'll be supported, it really amazing things come your way. You did touch on that you are a high achiever and I looking through your website, just looking at your educational history, you know, doing studying at Wollongong Taste doing your Bachelor of Creative Art and then majoring in sculpture and textiles, your honours degree, like you're awarded a jumbles, uh, jumbled art superstar war, award and there were some other prizes that you won just out of your studies, from your studies as well. They are really amazing accomplishments. It sounds like you were a really hard worker at TAFE and when you're in your studies. Is that right? Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've kind of been a really hard worker in any aspect of my life. Like I've grown up doing lots of competitive sports. I've always been an artist. I remember even from high school, I don't think there was ever any other job that I wanted to do. And my parents were like, you need to do something else. You can't be an artist. But I was just like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to be an artist. But um. I have always been extremely tough with my work ethic, with anything that I do. I always, once I put my mind to something, I won't stop until I achieve it. And I guess being an artist and it's kind of the long haul, like you're in it for, it's years, it's years and years of practicing. You go through different evolutions, you discover new mediums, new things that you're interested in. And I have been through so many different genres and everything, mediums and everything with my art. And then it's finally been in the last, I think, four years that I found my niche and I found something that really stuck. And then, yeah, even though it's been like my life's work as an artist, I can kind of say it's restarted again four years ago. So it's in the long haul again now that I've found my niche that I'm working towards. So I'm at the start of a new beginning kind of thing. (laughs) This podcast episode is sponsored by Laura's Creative Kickstart Coaching Sessions, designed for aspiring artists seeking motivation and support to turn their creative dreams into reality. 
go to www.laurajaneday.com slash work with me to find out more. I love it. And it's just so relevant though, isn't it? Because we have those phases in our careers. And I don't mean that in a trendy sort of a way, but so for example, I've just been a little bit of a nutcase lately because I went to the Kandinsky Art Exhibition in the New South Wales Art Gallery recently, just seeing his work over the light, like the span of his career. You can completely see, you know, these phases in a positive way of his art making. And that's how we are as artists, you know. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're talking about how you now are in a new, fresh sort of start for your art career. And you've got just so much more ahead of you. Just absolutely amazing. Now, listeners, if you haven't checked out Misha's artwork yet, go to her website, go to her Instagram. So Misha Harrison and look her up. Also, she does have an email list too. So if you do want to be the first to know about whatever Misha has coming up, make sure you get onto that list, which is currently a pop-up on her website. Thank you. With you, Laura. Yeah. Yeah, So with the your most recent exhibition, with the gallery model that you're in with Sydney Road Gallery, that is, correct me if I'm wrong, is that a paid model? So it's something that you you pay for a certain amount of time and you pay to show there. Did you want to maybe explain a little bit more just in case listeners might be interested in, you know, pursuing that option? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So yes, Sydney Road Gallery is, you pay kind of like a membership and it is like $535 a month. And then they take a percentage of sales as well, which is a lot less than most other galleries. When I I will preface this by saying that when I first applied to Sydney Road Gallery and I first got the call that I'd been accepted in, it was a really scary thing to commit to with like money. And I think I was doing like traffic controlling at the time. And But I just want to say that it has been single-handedly the most beneficial thing to my art career. Uh, to this day, it's really pushed me. So I started out with my uh, woodcut works doing abstract. And then so the gallery runs, you have a solo show uh, after a little while of being with them. And then they also have many group shows as well. And so it was with the group shows, they had a still life show. So that was my very first attempt at a still life work. And that's when I like kind of fell in love with the genre of still life and it really pushed me outside of what I was doing, making me think in a different way and really tackle things in a different way. And just the advice that you're getting, the constant mentoring, even the community that comes with it is it's just amazing. It's been like I don't have any art friends. Like in Wollongong, I have amazing friends, but I don't have many creative friends. So it's been really nice to even connect with other creatives and have like a solo show once a year, have that advice from a business point of view. So yeah, if anyone does have the opportunity to do something like this, I just wanted to say that it is quite scary at first, like paying money to be with someone, but it actually has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's really projected me to the next level. And I think it was like three years, yeah, three years after being with them, that's when I quit my job and became full-time artist. So. It is thanks to Sydney Road Gallery. So thanks, Sydney Road Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty amazing. So I've, it sounds like their support and their representation and all of that jazz is really, really high quality. But also I do think there's something there to do with 
making an investment in yourself. It almost represents how much you're willing to back yourself, I think. And also maybe having a bit of skin in the game makes you really show up. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is like recently their model has changed a little bit with um, there's been more shows on more frequently. And for someone like me, it is quite difficult to keep up with because my works, even though I'm tr- sometimes I'll try and simplify a work to, I don't know, and then it ends up just taking twice as long and I just can't help. I'm sucker for de- details. So <laughs> it ends up taking way longer than I intended anyway. So Sometimes you do just have to sit out and choose, like play to your strengths and pick and choose what shows you you do go for. And also, yeah, as you said, like it makes you like push yourself in new ways and show up in different ways. And also, yes, yeah, some of the directors, they're brutally honest with some things. So, and it's great, like, because you don't want someone constantly, I don't know, just being a yes person, you, I, I like to be challenged. And like, even with life, friendships, relationships, my relationship with the gallery, like I want someone that's going to be real with me and tell me, cause I don't know, you, an outsider's perspective on your work and the way you're doing things and the way you're approaching things is like, sometimes you don't even think of certain things. So it's nice to have someone holding you accountable and telling you, yeah, how to do things in a different way. Because they've been in that space for like a long time. So they would be knowledgeable on like what is happening in the exhibiting space, in the, in the art sales space. So you would want to get feedback and critique and challenge yourself to grow further from people like that within the industry. That sounds like it's just been an amazing development opportunity for you and your practice. Did you want to describe maybe like a day in the life or a week in the life and how you set yourself up for your practice? And yeah, like maybe if you have like little rituals you do or like, yeah, how do you operate? How do you create your work and stay productive? Okay. So it's probably (laughs) not as exciting as everyone (laughs) might think. But so Monday to Friday, I am very routine. I get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I go to gym until. So I go from like 5.30 to like 7.30 to the gym and then I come home, have a coffee and I'll just check some emails and whatnot. I kind of keep on top of my emails daily. Otherwise, I, I've got a memory like a sieve. It just is in one ear and out the other and I totally forget about it. So I'm not someone that will do it all in one day in every few weeks. It's got to be done day to day or as it comes in. And then by about 8 o'clock, I will start in my studio and basically, so the starting point of a work is sketching out the initial sketch and then I will start cutting out the sketch and I then start cutting out each of the tiled background pieces, priming those, painting those. I kind of bounce all over the shop with my practice. I think I might have ADHD so I don't like I yeah I'm pretty sure I'm undiagnosed ADHD so I kind of get halfway through something and I don't even know that I'm doing it I'll like skip to the next thing and then I'll come around so I've got a thousand of unfinished jobs but it all does come together at the end so it works it's still productive and it works I probably could do it 
a bit less messy and a, li- a little bit more organised, but it's just not you how mean, my brain works. You mean you could do it in a bit of more of a boring way? Is that what you're yeah. saying, Misha? Like I'm on the yeah. same page as you. You do it how you do it. As long as you get it done yeah. on the date it needs to be done, then you're yeah. all good. <laughs> my studio at the end of the day looks like a bomb has hit it, but I'll do a quick clean up, vacuum, and then, yeah, start again the next day. It's pretty much the same every day. It's all... I have started trying to get most of the cutting and sanding and everything done. So then every so often I will have a day of just painting and embroidery, which is quite nice because I can sit down and just relax a bit and not be bent over because it is quite hard on the body. That's why I go to the gym. I, I always keep fit anyway, but the gym definitely helps with my back and everything as well. So yeah, it's very physical, but uh, yeah, it's not as it's quite action-packed while I'm in there, but I don't have any special rituals. It's just kind of get in and get it done. And yeah. Is the embroidery piece for your art a newer addition to your process? Uh, no. So the embroidery has kind of been there from the start. So the very first work that I did that was like a woodcut work was when I had my time, I, so I won a artist in residence at Hazelhurst Gallery through my university major work. So it was two weeks living up at the cottage on the grounds and then uh, you could use that two weeks however you like. So I really wanted to experiment while I was up there. My All my works at university were like big installation works and I don't know. I was kind of, I loved doing sculpture and installation, but I was soon, as I was drawing towards the end of my degree, I was kind of thinking more from a business perspective and thinking this, I don't really understand the art world enough to know how you can make money off that. Like I know there is a space for people like that, but I really wanted to simplify it in what I understood and kind of redirect what I was doing utilizing my strength but doing it to something that's more sellable so I kind of used the residency up at Hazelhurst Gallery for an experimental kind of two weeks so I took some primed plywood up to the cottage and I started painting like a real abstract kind of landscapey picture and then my what I was going to do was when I brought it home chop it all up which I chopped it up into squares and rectangles and then reassembled it in a different way and then stuck it down. And then I then had the idea of then once it was stuck down, I could cut through it again. And that's when I had the idea of wrapping the embroidery around different cuts and whatnot. Here's one of them right here, actually. This is like one of my very first ones. So it's very oh, abstract. It really is. But it's always, it's all got those, it's still got that embroidery in there. Uh, that's something I definitely want to re, like I want to revisit the abstract as well. It's just, yeah, then it went into the still life and everything and the still life just popped off. But every so often I'll get like a abstract commission and it is really nice to do because it's like no thought really needs to go into it. It's quite just flowy in a sense yeah I do definitely I would like to revisit the abstract sorry I kind of curved off with my answer there but (laughs) yeah 100% fine (laughs) Um, it's all incredibly interesting to us and also our listeners as well I'm sure because yeah it's it's interesting to hear about not just the artworks that you're making but your journey to this point 
because a lot of our listeners are new and rising artists trying to do the same sort of thing and trying to build their art to a point where they can transition from their day job into art Mm. full-time. Generally, I get that vibe from our audience. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I think you're spot on. (laughs) And it's always good to hear stories from other artists too because a lot of artists listen to this in their own studio. They're working by themselves. It sounds like, you know, it's it's good to learn about other people's journeys and paths and, you know, it, sometimes it can spark new ideas like about artist residencies or even Misha, you talking today to us about wanting to explore the abstract. That might be something that you want to pursue in the future as as well. Yeah, it's just really interesting to broaden our minds and think about like growing and, and expanding our practice in new ways. And I can Mm. see a connection between Misha's artist residency, sorry, my word, (laughs) opportunity. And then I think you've got one coming up as well, Laura. So did you have any questions specifically on that topic that you could explore for our listeners today? Oh, maybe I'll just ask Misha, like maybe what would your advice be, I guess, to someone that's embarking on a residency? Uh, It's a different amount of time. Mine's actually for six months. Yeah, I've I've got access to a space for six months. It is local so that, yeah, I'm not going to be spending like Monday to Friday in there. It'll be concentrated bursts of time. I mean, I've put my application in and then I've got sort of some sort of form of concept. But what would you say to someone, like what would your advice be because you've been through the experience before? I can't really comment on residencies. Like I have done one, but I I think they all vary and they're all quite different in how they're run and what you do there. Some you pay yourself, some you can be awarded, some you've got to pay your own materials, which I definitely had to pay my materials. I had to, I had this space awarded to me, but the rest was all my outlay. I guess depending on what kind of residency is or even I I think there's just a few factors you've got to think about. It's uh, money for one. Like I don't know, I've always thought I'd love to do a residency now to experiment and because my practice takes up so much time, it is hard to experiment and have no pressure on I'm just creating for a living now, but it would be nice to have like a residency. But it for me, it would probably only work if it was like a fully funded residency with the material costs and and then some so I can cover my rent and everything. I guess it just really depends what space your listeners are in, like what age they are, what other commitments they have. But I don't know, my main advice, whether it be a residency or even just in your artistic practice, I, I've said it a thousand times before. I've even said it on other podcasts and I say it to people in real life. Experimentation is the absolute key in finding your niche and just finding, yeah, something that sets you apart from someone else. Uh, like, it's funny. We have anyone that embarks on being an artist there is like two sides to the artist's brain, I feel. I feel like we have a create creativity that's been there since like probably a child and it was really, really free. And then as you get older, it kind of restricts and then doubt comes in and you're influenced by other artists. Like we've got so much social media and we've got so much in our brains and in front of us 
every day that it's really hard to not be influenced by people. So I would say that experimentation is absolute key because you don't want to emulate somebody else. You want to be yourself and find that thing that is purely from your soul. Like, I don't know, sometimes I do see artists that are really like pushing. It looks, they're pushing into a certain style or and then there's so many artists doing the same style. And I guess that is, and that's always been like a common trend throughout history. But I don't know. It's just like you don't want to fit into a box all the time. Just like finding something that makes you really excited and rather than something is that's forced. And if you've got to go back to reference pictures to figure out what style you're doing, that means you're like kind of copying or not being your true self. So I reckon experimenting, experimenting with different mediums, experimenting with I don't know, different styles, different genres, like play to your strengths. So like with me, I was always, as much as I wanted to be a painter, I always, like I started university and I chose painting as a subject and because I wanted to get better at it. And then I kind of had a chat to my teacher. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I think I'm going to go back to textiles and sculpture. I was kind of sat in between textiles and sculpture. Yeah, it just didn't feel right. Like I was just trying to force something that like okay at painting, but I'm not a painter. So once I stopped forcing myself into a certain thing just to get better at it, it just feels so much better. Like I, my artworks are painting still, but they're sculptural paintings. So it's like, yeah, playing to my strengths and bringing together all my different passions, I guess. So, Michelle, yeah. I can't even tell you how much that is resonating with me because... <laughs> I've actually been creating. So this this episode is recorded a little bit before the go live date, just so you all know. But I've been creating a masterclass around how to find your unique art style. And I have been a complete research nut and really diving into, into all of this. And one quote that I found that I've in, included in the masterclass is from Brene Brown. And she says, let go of who you think you're supposed to be. Embrace who you are. And I totally. think finding your style is like it, your style is not outside of you and it is not, what's the word, separate to like a journey in self-development. It, it comes from inside of you. And so mm-hmm. much of it is around self-acceptance, your voice. Mm-hmm. You were saying you feel like, felt like you should be a painter, but the second you let go of that, you found mm. your thing and your way and your art is just so honestly yours. It's just amazing. So yeah. Thank yep, you. I'm with you. Thank you. <laughs> That is awesome. So when I do my residency, I'm going to put like a quote or like like a poster up on the wall and just be like, experiment, 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 experiment. <laughs> and then that is like the focus. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I think, I do think that looking outside of you is part of the journey. You do have to have influences. You do have to learn. Then you need to transition and move it into your own space. What would you I, say? So it's funny, like a lot of people will be like, when they first see my art, they'll be like, who did you learn that from? And I'm like, I learned it from myself. Like it's purely mine. When I go to a show or a gallery or like, and getting inspired by art, like it is very, like you're looking at something and for me, it sparks something relevant to me, totally just like, disassociating like whatever it is that I'm looking at is inspiring and it might spark something else in your brain and make you think of something else 
And that's how it can inform you in like the slightest or the biggest way possible. But the biggest thing is to not take that and replicate it. It's like absorbing all the information, absorbing life and I don't know what you're interested in. For me, I'm really interested in like texture and I love nature and really zoning in on all the little details and patterns in nature and then trying to translate that through wood. And then that informs the materiality and pushes my material beyond it, beyond its material constraint. That's what I'm interested in. But yeah, you can really, you, you gotta, yeah, take on everything that you're seeing and feeling and then, yeah, bringing that into your artistic practice. Amazing. That's so cool. Shall we mention the Better Homes and Gardens feature that you have, which yeah. is super exciting. How did that come about? This is so funny, actually. <laughs> I'm like starting to really dive into like manifestation and just mindset and stuff. And I used uh, to... I'm totally... My my bookcase is full of that. So yeah, I'm on your level. Loving it. It's so (laughs) funny. Like I used to always, because I have all, so I am artistic. I am an artist, but I'm also very practically minded. I love building things. I um, built my, this is my dining table. Incredible. And People I need also, to go to YouTube to watch that. <laughs> yeah, and I also built like all the furniture in my place. And I used to always say to everyone, oh, I want to be on Better Homes and Gardens. I used to say that I, I want to run a segment on Better Homes and Gardens, but it's just so mm-hmm. funny that I used to always say that. And then literally about uh, like a month ago, I got an email from the talent scout on Better Homes and Gardens asking if they could do a story on me. I was like, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I we're going to film early next year. I need to make sure I've got some work available for them to film. And I think it's just going to be filming my work, me talking about my work and then showing a bit of my process. But yeah, I'm super excited. It's just something different, something cool. Like, I don't know, when I embarked on this journey of being an artist I didn't even I had no idea that it'd take me down so many different routes like I did a collaboration with the tool brand Ryobi and I had an interview with Barry Dubois from the living room and yeah I've just had so many cool opportunities presenting themselves to me so I'm really excited for the better homes and gardens thing and you just never know where these opportunities can take you. So I always try and put my best foot forward, even like with you guys, with the podcast, best foot forward. You don't know who's listening. So yeah, just throwing good energy at the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had actually heard somewhere that, you know, the the most successful people in business say yes to all sort of promo opportunities and they don't care if the audience is like 200 listeners we've got more than that it's okay but like (laughs) uh, but they don't care how small because it's energetically it's positive it's the abundance mindset and like you were saying you never know who's listening so just get amongst it and also it's just really nice to connect with other artists in this sort of a scenario and we'll be your art friends by the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) when you said before yeah yeah I'm so happy to be yeah I love connecting with community that's like a big thing for me and I know Mishu you were saying your biggest key to success is the experimentation 
my key to my success in my career has been community and it's been yeah. talking with other artists, learning about their journey and, yeah, just supporting each other. So that is really has been really beneficial for me. Roz, what would you say your key to success has been so far on your journey? I'd say mentorship. I was actually thinking yeah. about that. I was thinking mm. between the three of us. So we've got like mm. mentorship, community, and mm-hmm. essentially style. Would you call it style or niche? So that's yeah, similar. Figuring out your style, your niche, yeah. your voice. And, and, and experimenting. Oh yeah, your voice. Your vo- mm. Oh mate, sorry, you said experimentation, but yeah, experimentation. Yeah. But that your voice. It all it all goes hand in hand, really. It is, yeah, it mm. is definitely finding a niche style voice. Yeah. Yeah. Through experimentation. <laughs> <laughs> so if listeners are wanting to watch your feature on Better Homes and Gardens, it's on Channel 7 and you can watch it back on 7 Plus. So I'm excited for that. I'm to come excited out. too. Thank you. Just, I'm just um, giggling. I'm just smiling because <laughs> I was explaining to my kids the other day that when I was a kid and I wanted to watch TV, I just had to watch whatever was on. Like you remember those days, Laura? <laughs> Yeah, now I we can watch you on demand, Michelle. Yeah. So remember when the phone was connected to the wall and like you, you, yep. you had to like sit in, in one position? And, and the circle, on the phone. do you remember the, the circle <laughs> dialer? Like, <laughs> I remember all that. I'm not old. Anyway, mm. um, Misha's Instagram, I just looked it up just to double check. What is your Instagram handle? It's mm. uh, at Misha, M-I-S-H-A. Harrison Art. I um I always just spell my first name because people want to sneak a little C in there like Misha Barton, but it's M I S H A. There you go, phonetic, straight up, amazing. So we are expecting our beautiful listeners to go and give you a follow on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Hop on your email list. Is there? uh, Do you have other instructions for them? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I would, um, I, on my to-do list is actually, because we're filming this quite early, I'm trying to organise my year in 2024. So I need to get all that done too. So maybe in the show notes a bit closer, we can let them know of any shows and whatnot. I'm still yeah. you know, trying to figure out what I'm doing and when, but mm-hmm. I dare say it's going to be an action-packed year again. So, yes. Yeah. So you'll be exhibiting at Sydney Road Gallery again and any other galleries that people can see your work at? Yeah, so next year I will, in 2024, I will be, yes, exhibiting with Sydney Road Gallery again. We, Sydney Road Gallery, are potentially, we're going to apply for Sydney Contemporary as well, which where myself and Mari will be exhibiting. So we're yet to know if we're going to get into that. I also had the thought, I've had many, many mixed reviews. So if you guys can let me know as well. I was thinking of doing the other fair only because I was going to do, I was going to try and get a collective together to do the affordable art fair. But I just, I the few artists that I kind of were looking at, everyone's got their own galleries and whatnot. So I don't know. I've kind of put that on the back burner. I'm thinking the other fair, but I don't know. I don't know if my prices are too much for there. I think it might be a good marketing event. What do you mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Rob? We can definitely have a really good chat about that because I did just come away from the last other art fair and I have a lot of thoughts on it. So 
let's have a look. I don't know your pricing well enough, so we'll have a bit of a chat offline if you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, and one more thing I will say also for your audience, I've also done a collaboration with Bespoke Letterpress where I have different products that are now available on my website. So just different price points. So I have some jigsaw puzzles. So it's really cool to have my art on a jigsaw puzzle because I always describe my works as big kind of jigsaw puzzles. Mm. So got a few jigsaw puzzles. Uh, I have tea towels and uh, 2024 calendars as well and diary notebooks. So yeah. Amazing. Ooh. You're op- opening up another can of worms being, you know, print on demand and collaborations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all looking very exciting. Um, so good. And, and your calendars are looking so amazing. Thank um, you. I think um, because this is just a collaboration for next year, I think I will then look into doing my own calendars for the year after and whatnot. So it's just something else I'm trying to fill my life up with looking for suppliers and whatnot. But yeah, I do have um, lots of cool ideas for different products, which is also just a good income stream for artists and whatnot, have limited and open edition prints as well. But yeah, amazing. So listeners, go and get amongst it because like honestly, such inspiration for you as artists and then also some really great ways to sort of enter Misha's world as well. So Misha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing to connect with you guys. An absolute pleasure. And listeners, if you did enjoy the episode today, make sure that you leave us a review wherever you're listening. So on Spotify, five stars, pretty please for good karma. And then over at Apple Podcasts, if you leave us a written review with your Instagram handle, if you have an Instagram account for your art, we would love to give you a shout out. Thank you guys. And I'll see you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.